Welcome to the Planted Mindset Podcast and in this episode I was delighted to talk to Natalie Potts. She is a personal development and business coach as well as a mentor. She has her own coaching company and her mission is to help people obtain the clarity and focus to realise their true potential in their own personal development to help them achieve their goals and live a fulfilled life. We talk about everything mindset and also her recent award that she won, which was absolutely fantastic as a CPD coach of the year. So enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Planted Mindset um, podcast. So Natalie Potts, we have you on today. Really excited to have you as a guest. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So I'd like you, first of all, to tell me and the audience a little bit about yourself. So I'm a, um, I'm a qualified coach in personal performance and corporate executive, actually, as well. And I've been building my business very much the last year or so. Um, and I help people kind of just stop any procrastination, um, you know, not allow limiting beliefs to hold them back, look at their confidence, their self-belief in terms of moving forward from where they are to where they want to be with that personally, which is my preference because um, I, I don't think that we always focus on our personal development enough, um, but also in the businesses and linking the two because naturally we might be working with a coach on our business side of things but actually there's a lot going on around that and in our lives um, that is actually impacting and having a knock-on effect and compounding on potentially what we're wanting to explore and move forward in our business so I find working the two together um, really helps my clients to to move forward quicker really um, and start to really know what they do really well and start to feel empowered as a individual which I think is absolutely crucial um when building a business i know that's so true i mean do you think that people are starting to realize that they need to invest in themselves to to improve themselves as opposed because you mentioned there that it normally comes through a corporate environment but Mm -hmm. are people being more uh, aware that actually they need to look at their own personal development I think so. Um, you know, and I hope people do even more so. I know that very much in the corporate sectors, as you work your way up a hierarchy or, um, you know, f- for a business, that naturally becomes part of what you have to do. You have personal development plans, etc. cetera. Um, you know, and I, I love what you're doing with the mindset. And a lot of what I was looking at last year with building my own business was um, founded on looking at the mindset. Um, and yes, um, you know, I, I do think that people are starting to see benefits investing. And I think that just becomes off of the back of the good feeling that you get from actually just seeing what you do really well and, and really, you know, looking at having that growth mindset, which I know is what you explore a lot of as well. Um, and it is absolutely, again, it's, it, it's, it's critical um, and it plays such an important role. And I don't think that people, um, I, don't, I think maybe, maybe they fear it a bit as well. So they don't want to uncover it um yeah, yeah. <laughs> pandora's box yeah. isn't it yeah um there's a lot of you know and I, I i'm not gonna lie myself very much similar journey that i procrastinated a lot a couple of years ago like seriously to the point where i was feeling myself doing it like no tomorrow no next day um and then it just hit a point where I'd had enough myself and um, just, I just had the coach actually Chris um, Spearman who we were both with and 
that it was just around I need to stop procrastinating it was literally that basic at first um and I look back and a bit like we've just said before this that um you know reflecting back and perspective like I've changed so much and evolved so much I don't even really think that way anymore I laugh at myself and I laugh at myself when I do do it so where you can look back on a journey and see how far you've come that empowers you more to raise the bar um to challenge yourself bigger to think bigger um you know to push aside everything just give it a go and, and learn and fail and repeat that um so yeah, I think um, all of that and around the mindset part as the foundation is, is key. So yeah, I mean, uh, that's so true. And um, obviously, fantastic that you achieved, obviously, the CPT Coach of the Year um, Award yeah. from the Coaching Academy last year, which was absolutely massive. I mean, when you obviously went down the line of coaching, because you come from a corporate background, did you have to work on your own mindset first? I know, obviously, you mentioned about procrastination there, but everything that you're um, empowering others to do, how much yeah. of that did you have to work on yourself? a lot like seriously massively it becomes it's very natural now to me which is interesting um but I really when I look back at my almost my behaviors as a person in life as well though and how I used to be I look back and you can almost cringe at some things that you used to do or a way that you used to be as a person um but then you have to then again put the perspective on the fact well you're not that anymore and you are becoming and you are the person you want to be um and it's, then it becomes quite comical, actually, because um, you just think, well, I've moved so far forward. But, and then that's when you want to empower and inspire others to do the same. So do you think it's because of the journey that, I mean, did you go into the coaching primarily because you knew you wanted to do that? Or was it through your own personal change that then you thought you wanted to be a coach because you saw the results that you'd achieved? Yeah, very much. I was reaching out at the point. I was, I was kind of bored in my own time. I was like, I need something else to do in life. I'm not sure what it is. And I, I've met a coach and I hadn't really explored coaching to this degree before. And he asked me some questions all about my values and everything. And it just got me thinking. I was like, this is, this is strange. This is, you know, and it's playing on my mind. And I'm, I'm seeing, you know, it was kind of when he invited the law of attraction to my life. I hadn't heard of it until then. <laughs> And um, I watched The Secret, actually. Um, I, I believe in the positivity side of it and, you know, the way you think and everything, what you become. Um, I'm not, you know, stuck to it, the law of attraction. But, yeah, he started to invite that into my world. And then I um, just kind of looked at what was around in London and then the academy came, I came across them, just went for a couple of days and absolutely loved it. It felt right. Um, and I had this real big thing of corporates where we just didn't recognize the benefits of coaching enough. Um, and I don't think we still do, unfortunately, um, you know, and businesses that, that use these tools of coaching and mentoring uh, are often in different places in terms of even, you know, hitting their bottom line. So I do know it has a huge benefit. Um, and then just by working with people and starting to share what I was learning and empowering myself, that's when I just started to get that real buzz for it and see my journey of, how I was evolving linked in with like we just said the mindset piece and how I was changing as a person um you know and then I just kind of committed to the journey with the academy I did it for three years which is a long time actually yeah. but I really wanted to do well I wanted to get distinctions I wanted to learn it and and feel that I knew I was evolving with it um, and not just a right tick box of everything it wasn't about that for me 
Yeah, because you've got to go through the journey, right, to be able to help or empower someone else, because you've got to understand to a certain extent, if you haven't been there, how can you then, you know, get them from A to B uh, without knowing? Because you've always got to be at least at least one step ahead, if not more than that. But um what something I saw on um, on your Instagram was um, about emotional intelligence, and I thought that was quite interesting because that's something that I've sort of uh, touched upon um, certainly in my other role as well. How would you define it, and would you say it's something that you innately have, or it's something that can be learned? Oh, that's a great question. So, emotional intelligence came about for me. Um, about five years ago and I was given and this is an example of my personal journey that I was given some feedback that I wasn't very empathetic in business and I was like oh okay so I need to go and explore it and then that's when I came across emotional intelligence and Daniel Goldman's book um, and it's around tapping into um, you know that this emotional intelligence side of us can actually drive us forward more than IQ um, and has huge benefits if we explore it and the relationship we have with ourselves and a relationship that we have with others and um, so key part of it was empathy for me then kind of social regulation um, motivation um, and what I was really interested in was looking is the relationship part and how you can communicate with others, how you get the best out of yourself and how you get the best out of others. And then how you relate that to your own life and then how you can relate that to business. And um, Gary V talks about empathy a lot, a hell of a lot on his podcast and just see all these events he does. Um, and I love that. It just, again, it just, it's something that I just naturally warm towards. And I think people think it can be a pink and fluffy side of business, but I don't think it is why would we not want to care about others and get the best out of ourselves and other people? Um, so yeah, I just, I, I like exploring that side and looking at the strengths of people. That's the key part for me. And um, I'm accredited to run a personality tool called DISC, which I do, you know, we'll be doing with all of our mastermind guides as well at points. So that looks at, you do the test and you look at, you come out with kind of where you sit as a person, whether you're more people or task focused and um, the, the reports that clients get, they often laugh. It's like, well, oh, that's so me. And always most of personality things do share things like that. We, you know, it's nothing we don't know, but it gives us the confidence and empowers us to say, actually, this is me. And, right. you know, I, I might be working on next one day, but I'm also brilliant at this and this and this. And that can then change our perspective and how we feel about ourselves. So all of that as a combination is kind of what I will work with with clients and, and starting as the route before we even look to kind of look at what their business is or what they're doing for themselves in terms of where they want to be. Um, because often we just end up half the time, you would end up coming back to all of that points anyway. So it's great to start that as a foundation. I bet a lot of clients, though, when you start asking them questions like that, they probably yeah. haven't ever, ever thought about it. I mean, do you find them like it's sort of a light bulb eureka moment when you start delving or is it quite um, emotional first? Do you sometimes have to get through some difficult uh, sort of mindset issues first before you can then open up and empower them? Are there like roadblocks that they have that you, you need to obviously manage to maneuver around yeah again another great point we i think you have to often yeah it's like bold moments and i love it that some clients go oh oh i haven't thought of that before and um 
and it's really powerful just to leave that silence of somebody and it's really interesting as a coach you do a lot around listening skills um and I've, I've, I've watched it a bit the last few weeks when with people or in you know corporate environments and then just general environments as well so almost when we do our zoom calls and that people don't feel comfortable with silence and they feel they've always got to fill the gap when you work one-to-one with a client that's a powerful moment because that's the time you're allowing them to think of the question and draw the answer out from themselves and that's what coaching is you're moving someone from a to b but they know it you know if you go down the stream of telling somebody that's mentoring and it's really key that you have to i make that very distinct um in the kind of discovery call i do with my clients and i understand the difference but you do have to tap into some of those mindset parts like you say the obstacles and that and you can do that through kind of tools that i give which is kind of maybe a wheel of life so it's looking at um all the priorities in their life um, and then focusing on one area um because a bit like i touched on at the beginning you know someone might come to you for a business drive but they've got a lot of other priorities as well so if they've got kids well that's going to play a part in them getting their business goals. So we need to address both of those. It's not that we can just single-handed always go for the one. It's going to have an impact. Um, so you do have to understand where they're coming from as well. Like, you know, like you say, to go through those mindset parts and the obstacles and a bit like any questions, what stopped them getting it before? What's their motivation now? Why is it this moment in time that they want to make this change? Um, you know, where do they see themselves going? And then asking them those kind of roadblocks and that I think the only thing you have to be really careful of when you coach is that you don't get into a, a therapy side of things and counseling and I will never ever advise somebody that you need x y and z I would just say at the moment in time coaching isn't right for you you know you might want to explore other things and in you know in time coaching might be more fitting for you so um, if you had to do that like, with a client, if you've, yeah. um, once you've started talking, realise that yeah. there's quite a lot of levels there that are going to be barriers for them to be coachable? Absolutely. And I think it's, unfortunately, I think there's probably, you know, people that are coaches and people that say they're coaches out there that won't listen to their clients and do the best for their clients. And then one, then you're not coaching because it's about your client coaching isn't about me it's about my client so you have to then address that and if you don't it's just again it's going to come up again isn't it and the types of conversation aren't going to be coaching and not going to be empowering and inspiring and that's how someone needs to leave a coaching session that they feel like right I am ready to take these actions I'm going to go to smash them now kind of attitude opposed to yeah look, I think I'll come back to it in a week you kind of want that kind of eight nine out of ten commitment from all of them on their actions at the end opposed to them coming and saying yeah I'm about four or five out of ten because they're just not going to move forward um so yeah you do have to be honest with them and honest with yourself and I think you gain trust and respect and rapport with a client when you are that way um have you found that yourself of clients yeah I mean I thought it's was, it was quite interesting like obviously you're saying um the difference between actually coaching and mentoring so uh, for me that was quite insightful to understand the difference but there, there are a few things that you touched on there is about the ability to listen um, yeah. and in this day and age with um I read a statistic that in the UK 
um, one in four people suffer with a mental health um, issue, whatever that may be, from anxiety, self-esteem or depression. So that's a quarter of our UK population. And I was just listening to... um, a podcast and Johan Hari was on there so he's the one the guy that wrote the book Lost Connections and it, it really insightful podcast with uh, Dr Chatterjee and what they were saying was that it's that we don't feel connected so much um, and sometimes it isn't about sort of handing out some sort of antidepressant it's actually just listening and I think you're in a privileged position certainly like for me as a personal trainer yourself as a coach you mentioned the word trust the individual needs someone that they trust but they don't want that person to be within their uh, immediate family or friends circle because it can sometimes be compromising and they if they can let off steam and sometimes just talk about how they feel that's enough and and that's the ability to listen as well so as a personal trainer yes whilst we want people to become what i say the best versions of themselves but as the mindset pt i i believe it's everything outside the gym as well as inside that is gonna obviously change you um and for me yeah it's trying to understand that i need to uh, support and listen which I do um, and that yeah you, you you aren't just a trainer sometimes you are dare I say a little bit of a counselor or a sounding board uh, for them but then ultimately they're gonna get the best session sometimes it's not always about how much they've done with the muscles that day but you may have empowered them to go away feeling better about their week going forward yeah yeah absolutely it's and they're frightening statistics aren't they that kind of one in four part there mm. and um i list i am um, an extra thing i've done this year where i've um had a focus in corporate i've seen again like you say mental health and how it impacts and um and it's it's really interesting now and i had a bit of um time off last may where i'd hit kind of burnout i was just doing so much and I just got to a point and I just couldn't think I couldn't move forward um I was very emotional and had no rationale behind it um I was never really I wasn't depressed and I wasn't I was really clear on that but I was in a state where I just didn't know what to do and it was really weird and you know your family are your family and they're like we we can't and don't know how to help you you need to go and go to the doctors and that so they kind of signed me off for a couple of weeks um, and I really needed it and I I used those weeks and I went and, um, you know, I started a bit of, I got some therapy off the back of it. I had um, some time out and did some meditation, explored that, never done that before in terms of a kind of sitting in a room scenario just to explore that. Went for long walks, um, just listened to a lot of podcasts, um, spoke to my close, close friends about it. Um, But I was really conscious of not making it taboo or something that I should feel ashamed or not talk about because everybody's impacted in their lifetime with something and we shouldn't be ashamed of that we should support and help one another and off of the back of that I um, came across I wanted to do some volunteering last year that was a big goal for me um, giving back so I came across um, Shout which is um, um, support crisis and um, they 
gave me training for six weeks. I kind of applied, got the training. And now I do a couple, two to four hours a week. Um, and I jump on a platform and it is basically like the Samaritans, but that's very phone based. And it's obviously we're moving on in the world nowadays as well. So it's tech service. So if you are feeling um, you just want to talk to someone or reach out or, you know, you're feeling suicidal or depressed, just give us a text. Um, on at shout and uh you hit someone on a platform uh, which might be me if i'm volunteering at that time and you just uh, you know i've had the training to talk through things and active rescue if that has to happen for some which um which does happen time to time um and just maybe offer some support in terms of tools or just like you say just be a soundboard for people and the benefit of doing that has not been for me to use it in my coaching as directly as i'm this as well as a coach but it is that it's helped my mindset and outlook on how I steer conversations and get a better understanding of where people are potentially coming from um, to be able to help them and that's really really key and like you just say it might just be a soundboard and sometimes it's just that you learn an appreciation for how others are in terms of you might be that only person that that person comes and speaks to in that whole day or that whole week and I know it sounds like no it can happen but it does so by having a, an outlook of understanding where others coming from can really help to build relationships. And I think that's really key when you're coaching is building rapport, like you said, having that trust, listening. And when you get these skills and do them very well, that's when you kind of get the clients who want to stay with you for a long time and that you can actually really impact in their journey. I think firstly, I just want to say that's amazing. Well done of giving something back and, and you don't know that you could be saving someone's life there. But a couple of points I want to bring up from that. Um, one is actually using uh, social media and technology uh, for uh, good, obviously. And that is one thing that we are doing it. But innately, it is one of the evils that is causing a lot of the, the mental health issues. So how do you actually communicate with them? Do you text back or do you, what's, what's the role and how do you support them? And, and how long would you support X client or that person that's phoned through? Yeah. So it's literally a, so let's take an example. You just jumped on that. Oh, you just text me now. And I was, I'd be on my laptop on the platform and um, you'd be saying, you know, I'm, I'm feeling a bit down today. I can't really get in the mood to focus. I just want someone to talk to. And then it would be a, you know, thanks for sharing that. Um, and we would, do, I would do an active rescue just to check that you're not in a place where you're potentially wanting to commit suicide. We are that direct. And that was really interesting for me in the training that um, you do not, just uh, you know not get direct on it you have to say to somebody are you going to take your life are you going to commit suicide um and just get to the root of it and i used to think but that might put that in their mind and it doesn't you know and there's statistics and research behind that and that's really important and actually by what i've seen from the back of that is and this is just as important that by being that direct actually because you're in a, a you know you've created an environment for them where it's one-on-one -on -one and then you're listening to them they feel it's safe to say that, and that's really important. Um, and then you can work with them on um, what they need to do. And yeah, you're right. You know, I've had feedback through there that you've really helped me. I really appreciated listening. You've just changed my life. And and when you can know that you've done that, that's amazing. But also on the other side, you can't help everybody. They've, you know, and I guess you touch on that part of social media plays such a role. Yes, but I was having a conversation actually with somebody 
um, that was going through um, uh, mental health issues and was severe depression and couldn't get themselves out of it said things that they wanted to take a life but you know then they said the example that they saw the joker movie and it made them want to you know do things and i just said well no that's not actually and this is a bit more where it comes you know you're not coaching it's more telling somebody or challenging them but what you you know it's your control you you don't go and see a movie and then just get stuff planted in your mind you've made a choice or you've got thoughts in your head so you need to control those thoughts and you need to control how you react to something um so that can take you on a different spin with someone then with how you approach things and and taking a bit of a you know getting your clients to take accountability that it's not fair to just say that social media causes x one dead don't jump on it don't be on Facebook, don't be on Instagram if it makes you feel a certain way or you have to look at somebody to think, oh, when I look like that or when I get there or when I'm that lean or, you know, you, you control what you choose to have in your life and how you see things. So when I work with clients and they might say things like that, you really have to challenge them on those kind of beliefs um, and whether it's serving them in moving forward for what they want or actually is it detrimental but you have to I think it's really key that we hold them account and that's what we do as coaches um, is, is, is have that fair challenge I think but be there but a supportive way with it yeah not non-judgmental but I think that and that's really key is that um, I've heard this so many times and it's something that I often say is that you don't play the victim um, you can't control everything in life but you can control the controllables so you can you can control how you're going to handle something you know there, there is a there's always a choice isn't there um, yeah. so what while social media um, undoubtedly is increasing the levels of um, I would say uh, maybe depression or mental health issues um, it it has a lot of good purpose there as well so it's it's knowing how to use that tool for your best advantage but I think one of the things is that I got from this uh, Yohan Hari was that a lot of people um, I think he said that um, they'd done a test and in America they'd asked um, a study of individuals I don't, I don't know how many to go and do something to make them feel happy and the Americans typically went to buy something um, they went to eat something or watch something or social media and I think then they asked um, I don't know if it was in Stockholm don't quote me if I haven't got this right but um, they were more inclined to do something for others and that is how they got their happiness and the thing is that we live in the now generation where people think it's all about objects and things and possessions and it yeah. really isn't and and it's actually dumbing it back down that if you so like yourself helping others you must get the most amazing uh feeling fr from doing that and that's that's going to keep you and your tank feeling fuller of being happy because you're making a difference um as opposed to when we go to buy the new car yes we all like these things but it, the novelty wears off and then you're still searching for that next thing aren't you yeah it's really it's a great um conversation to have i was um again i was kind of i, I do a lot of looking back and kind of not to make myself feel good it's not about that but it's about a, that perspective of i have moved on and i am doing you know my business has come on so much in the last year and i've changed so much as well and you have to do that to kind of ground yourself that you know, things are going well and I might have had a really bad week, I might have had a really bad day, but no, this is going well for me. I just need to keep driving it. And 
we are in a fortunate unfortunately in a world where we like instant validation or we want you know that kind of gratification we think that buying a new bag is going to make us happy we think that you know doing a selfie or glammed up is is kind of self-validation and loads of likes means that we're liked as people it's all rubbish and Gary V was hilarious a while ago on a podcast I was listening to. I had to listen to it twice. It was so funny. But he just says, people will go on holiday to just this year, just to put it on their Instagram. And I was like, that's so true in some ways. People probably will. And that's quite scary as well when we think of it like that. So, um, yeah, I think you have to focus on, you know, happiness comes from within. Um, And I think I've been on a bit of that journey myself personally that I've had to seek happiness and not think it's for somebody else to bring to me whether that's in a relationship or a friend's relationship I have to be really happy with myself um and what I want to achieve and do and have and be um before you know I can just say that you know before I go and buy things or you know do things that I think will make me happy when they don't but I think we I mean it's so true but I think we are living where it's it's really odd but um by by nature we need to be uh connected uh, with other individuals um and that's that's in our um you know our history if we go back you know hundreds and hundreds of years thousands of years ago as tribes um if you weren't part of the tribe or the pack you were in danger um of for your life um for whatever reason so it is social inclusion that we crave but we're we're probably all around one another but but we're completely isolated it's it's really odd so people you know well you're 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 going to a coffee shop or something and and i i know that i've done it myself so i'm not saying i haven't but you know two people sitting at the table and then they're in their phones you know and they're not actually even talking to one another so it's it's we have to hold ourselves accountable don't we to make that time to make those actual connections um, because that's where the validation or the happiness actually comes from yeah and that's really important that goes back to again you know it shows that you know that's an emotional intelligence that you're you're self-aware and and then you make a choice on that and it might be that you want to sit there on your phone and that is absolutely fine you know it's not then someone gives their opinion or judgment that well that's not right down to you but it's that self-awareness of the impact it has on maybe you and others and then how you feel around that yeah I mean it's you can dig so deep can't you um going further on that then I mean it intrigues me obviously being a coach yourself I think like any any profession when you are that person yourself who do you go to when you need that support you know because you can't you can coach yourself but you can't can you I mean that's yeah and I see that in yourself you know you you have a great rapport with people and you're very you've got a a great manner and disposition in the way that you are and you the way that I see you learning within the mastermind and and that's empowering as well for us to see clients that are really changing their lives and developing but also being vulnerable and I think that's one thing you do really well and not enough coaches do that and share their journey to you know to to get others that um will then believe that they that coach is right for them um so what are your values your vision and your mission as 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 natalie puts (laughs) so i think it's to be the best i can be and to to move you know to 
move people forward in their, you know, combination of their life with their business. Um, my values are very much, I'm very, very family based and not, you know, last year I kind of sacrificed a few things and I looked at that word sacrifice and what it meant to me. And, you know, I decided no family and friends, the key friends, my, my key small circle that I have will, will always be number one. So anything happens in my life that will, that will always be the number one important thing to me, my family and friends. Um, you know, kind of learning. I love reading, as you know. Um, I think it's it's just brought so much for me in terms of being a person and confidence and driving me forward in life. Um, I, I, you know, I share that with everybody that they should be reading and learning every day and having their mindset as that kind of, let's learn, let's try it, I'll fail, but let's go again. Because when you're in a failing point, that's that's your biggest time to learn. That's That's a gift that is and people don't embrace it in the right way enough. We, we didn't really, I mean, that's something I've only learned recently. We, we, we feel that failure is a bad word, but it's not, it's yeah. feedback, isn't it? And, and it's, that's when you truly grow, um, as yeah, they say, and get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah, it is, and, it's, and it is hard. It's hard to do that. I, I, was, I did a post this week on my Instagram, and um, it was all about me being vulnerable as well and just sharing that I went for something recently. I did, you know, kind of over a two week period, a two stage interview for, um, in the corporate that I wanted to, you know, support and work in their learning development team. Um, and I didn't get it. And, um, I wasn't disheartened. I was like, well, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, I guess. Um, I'd given everything I could to it. Um, but then I was like, right, okay. And my approach, she's just very much like if anything, what could I have done? You know, what did I really do well? What could I have done better? Um, and what do I need to go again on? And, you know, what was my learnings from it? And what did I, some of it was their opinions. So I thought, mm, what do I trust out of that? What do I think is right? What do I think isn't right for me? Um, so I, t I tend to kind of look at it a little bit like that perspective on things. And I think, you know, then if I really wanted something in that, um, then it would spur me on to think, no, I really want this. I need to go and do X, Y, and Z. Or, and exactly the same as when you read a book, I could look at it and think, actually, I probably didn't want that enough or I probably didn't show enough passion or um, I am very happy where I am. I don't know that I do want that. So I've learned what I don't want. And the same when you read a book, not every book I read, I love, but I'll think, you know, that's told me that I don't want to do that. Same as relationships. You might have a relationship with someone or it might be a, you know, a boss you've had or you might look at someone, you know, you might look at Donald Trump. You might think, actually, I never want to be like him, but I do take X, Y, and Z, and I like that about him. But, you know, it's, it's seeing things, it's the way you choose to th see things and then how you put a perspective on it, what's right for you. So it's not always that it's got to be the, the positives and the, you know, the, the, this is what I want to be. It's, I don't want to be that as well. Um, it's just as important in terms of shaping yourself, I think, Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, th th I think that's quite crucial, actually, to, to, yeah, because we're always focusing on what perhaps we do want and not, you know, it's <laughs> that you're missing a trick there if you don't focus on what you don't want by learning. I mean, there's a couple of things I wanted to uh, bring up on that. Um, firstly, I think it is, again, um, really insightful when you share your journey. Um, and thank you for the comments you made earlier. But it also resonates when you hear someone else say something because you often feel that it's only you. So when people are vulnerable or are honest, um, sometimes it's just that they've 
perhaps put their hand up first. So I know when we were on a mastermind call, I think uh, David then came back and said, oh, thanks, Natasha, for sharing, you know, because he was feeling whatever I opened up to say. But the, the, the main thing is you don't want to come across as, I certainly don't, as a moaning mini. <laughs> um, you know, it's just that sometimes life is tough, but it's, it's trying to keep going again. And like you, um, I use Audible and podcasts to help empower me and keep me growing. So based on that, what are you reading at this moment in time, audibly and uh, on, on a hard back book or, you know? Yeah, I'm reading at the moment a book um, on selling, actually. So I'm, um, one, I'm leading that on my personal development calls, but uh, really around sales mindset um, to stop selling and get clients. Um, but what else am I listening to? I've just finished Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand, which was amazing. Um, and... Um, what else am I looking to read after that? I'm also reading a book uh, by, um, it's called Nick Pidgeon. Um, she's a, lady, a coach out in America. And um, it's about kind of, it's you read each day. Um, I quite like books like that because I just feel that I, I'm still reading. But if I've had a really busy day, you've just got a bit of a snippet to read. So you don't feel that you haven't achieved something. Um, and that's just around kind of, again, mindset, being positive, um, so that's good. I, sometimes I bounce between books, but yeah, the key one at the moment is the selling one. Um, and I'm just about to listen to the Audible, the Starbucks experience, which okay. is slightly different. And people might think, well, what's that got? But linking from really looking at a business and building a story brand with Donald Miller one, I'm looking at now, well, Starbucks are fantastic on customer experience. And I'm creating an experience when I work with my clients. So what aspects can I take from creating an amazing experience for somebody that I can then relate back to building in a story brand that I can relate back to my business and put action on. So I'm hoping it's going to give me some nice little nuggets. And well, I know it will, because even one of the first points is they ensure that they they get their um, employees to smile every time and make eye contact when they give the Starbucks to the customer and hand it to them. So in even there, I can take, Right, well, impact of smiling, eye, eye contact. Do I do that every time I'm with a client? You know, do I create that environment? You know, what's the benefits of it? Um, so, yeah, so you can, you can take, I just take things from everything. But, um, yeah, hopefully that will be a superb one to give me a bit of a knowledge around. I think that's one that's going to go on my audible list as well. I like the sound <laughs> of that. <laughs> um, and it's such a, a simple point, isn't it? Eye contact and smiling, but we don't do it enough. Um, yeah. I realise that sometimes my face can come across a little bit too serious. So it yeah. is, it is, it's, you know, sort of reminding yourself, yes, actually need to, you know, because when you smile, your whole body language, and that's a whole different thing if I go into body language, but it changes your whole body language, doesn't it? When you, when you break into a smile. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. I often get feedback from people, where do you get your energy? And I was like, I don't know, I just do. And it just changes. And you can do that for your tone of voice. You can, like you just said, body language is absolutely huge. And um, you can go down the, you know, all of that. But all of that can go into kind of global listening as well. So that listening, are you, you seeing things? Are you listening to the room? Are you listening to the gym? Do you, you know, do you see things that are going on? Do you see that client that could, you know, you, you might be working in a commercial gym and you see a client that comes in and you, they're working with a, a coach or, you know, personal trainer that never smiles, 
just doesn't ask many questions, just cracks on straight with it. Could that be a client that you could tap in with and think they've got no rapport there? I can really help that client. I'm going to go and tap into them. I'm going to work this, you know, when you work into your sales floor of the gym, how do you get them through smiling and um, making that, you know, all those things are just absolutely crucial. I think that taps back into the mindfulness. And obviously you mentioned about meditating, but I, I often, going back to the mindset PT, um, when I'm engaging with my clients is to be present you know, when yeah. you're doing the exercise to have yeah. that mind muscle connection to slow down to actually feel it. And I think we're always rushing. And, you know, sometimes it's it's just to pull them back to, to be mindful and to be present. Um, but it's quite a difficult one if you was ever to test yourself to say, right, okay, for the next 30 seconds, I don't want to think of anything. And yeah. it's, it's, it's quite a discipline. It's almost like trying to t uh, tame a dog, you know, to, to, um, to sit, you know, it's one of yeah. those things your brain will want to go and run off um, with thoughts straight away. And um, that one I find is, is quite difficult to do actually, but it's, it's a good process to realize because they say that when you actually can not think of anything, that's when you're going to get more enlightened. And that sort yeah. of blows my mind a bit. I think you have to find what's right for you with meditation, you know, and some people will be very strict that no, you need to sit, you need to cross your legs, you need to go, mm, and you, <laughs> it's not about, it's about you absolutely, like you said, being present. And for me, I like to just go for a walk um, and not, you know, have my phone or something like that and just listen to what's going on around me and just keep drawing my attention back to that moment, which is really, really hard and it's a challenge, but I do notice a benefit from doing it and, you know, listening to your breathing whilst you're doing that, or even then once you finish maybe meditating, you've been in the moment thinking about, well, what thoughts are coming to me and what, what's, what is it about those thoughts um, that I need to explore or take away or let go as well, you know? Well, it's, I think we're just so busy nowadays that, you know, if you think when we were younger, we would daydream and that was sort of seen as a, you know, as a bad thing, but it's actually a good thing. And we just yeah. don't do enough of that to give our time, our brain time to, to rest and clear it. It's like a, um, like a spring clean almost to, to yeah. allow those thoughts and then everything to, to be more productive ultimately. But, um, yeah, it's overwhelming thoughts a lot of the time. Um, and, and sometimes just taking a moment to breathe. <laughs> I've had to big thing I work with clients on at the start is what's your downtime? Yeah. And, um, you know, and again, you just leave that silence and they'll be like, Ooh, well, I, I don't know. And it's like, again, it's, it's what suits you. And it's, if your downtime's being with your family, that, that's fine. But we do need to, when life is so fast paced and we put so much pressure on ourselves, we do need to take time out. And like you said, yeah, I was listening to something a while ago and it said, just, when do we just sit there and just, just do exactly that, just daydream or just kind of, I, um, I brain dump a lot and people laugh at me for this and I, I, that doesn't bother me. It makes me laugh that they think it's funny, but I just brain dump kind of a few times a week now. I'd like to do it daily, but again, it's just that part that I don't. It's something that you, you do, you know, it's stepping stones, isn't it? So you do things gradually, but I just literally get a piece of paper. I write brain dump on it. And then I just put everything that I'm thinking of that moment in time on the page. And then I move on from there. What's urgent, important, what's not, you know, and I do that kind of the, um, the Eisenhower matrix and yeah. what we 
like in a perfect week formula and everything on our calls you know we have to be put in action to what we're doing um but i just find that really helps me just to get everything on a page and because i'm a visual learner i like to see it um so i know how i work to get the best out of myself which is important um but yeah it's just useful just to just dump stuff on a page and just see it or you know i don't know you could do it on a, a voice note to yourself couldn't you just a memo of just sure. random everything that's on your brain and just there is once there's a huge release that you naturally feel from doing that and even as i'm doing this i'm putting my arms out because again i you know my body's <laughs> open but it, it, it does this for us. Um, we it's just stressing you, isn't it? Right. So the minute you're taking it out of the brain and onto paper, then you don't have to be fretting about it because this would be impactful on your sleep because you're, you're worrying about it. And then, you know, it snowballs, doesn't it? One of my big, big things for downtime is um, cinema. And um, I absolutely love it. And I went yesterday and I, I go on my own. Um, it's quite funny now when someone says, can they come with me? I'm like, oh no, I want to go on my own because it's just my switch off. I turn my phones off, I've got work one and that as well. And I just completely switch and I'm in the moment and I don't think of anything else. I'm just absolutely enamored by what's going on around me. And you know, the, the movie, I love it. So what did you watch? I saw 1917. Oh, do you know what? I was just thinking, I wonder if she's going to say that. Was it good? It's absolutely amazing. And, and do you know what? Again, like, it, it just makes me laugh. I, I got to the end of that and I'd had a little bit of a moment with the management team when I got there because one of my gift cards didn't work. And I lost myself. I was a little bit cross. Um, and I, I walked off um, with a little bit of the hump, which wasn't good behaviour, so I knew that. Because then I sat down and felt a bit guilty. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't have acted like that. I was cross. I quite justified to myself, but I think got to the end of this movie, and I was like, "People served in the war, and I'm getting annoyed about people not working." Um, and I was just like, "Reality, girl, reality." So I'm bringing perspective to myself. So we are constantly having to work on ourselves all the time, and we're never, you know, we're never going to be perfect. It's about progress, but um, it's just it made me laugh at the end of it, and then I kind of thought, "Oh, I'll, I'll let that go, that one." But you know. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I try and think, I take things from everything that I watch and see and learn and it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's definitely one I want to watch. So based on that, where do, um, obviously those learnings and that we never stop learning, where mm. do you see yourself in 10 years, Natalie? Ooh, so I kind of have my 10-year vision plan as well. So I always do a vision board every year. Um, my 10-year one is that I would love to have a place in the States um, and be completely doing online um online in terms of you you know you're just helping as many people as you can and serving as many so online serves brilliant for group things um so yeah massively i want a team working for me with coaching in my business um doing retreats workshops um i still will always i think always want to do one-to-one um, with people because I absolutely love it and that's where my coaching started so I will never not do that um, I'd like to have a part of my business that works in corporates as well um, I don't have quite the same passion for corporate as I used to when I was 16 but um, I know the benefits that coaching can can really drive for businesses so um, yeah I think yeah lots to I don't get myself hooked up on I've got to have all the plans because I don't um, but yeah, definitely helping as many people as I can and, and be building and evolving and, but working on my own goals as well. I'm, you know, that's what, how I go into this and working with you guys. I love my own fitness. You know, I train five times a week. Um, I do photo shoots and everything. So I want to continue doing that and keep myself, you know, healthy and have a great lifestyle. So 
it's really important I have both. That's now that that brings into to my penultimate question. Uh, what's your favourite muscle group to work? Because I know obviously you done the cover model shoot <laughs> and you're in amazing shape. So yeah, it's always legs, always legs. Right. Okay. Was it always legs though? No, I used to hate it. And then um, I, after a few shoots, I, I kind of wanted to change that um, definition. So I worked with, um, actually it was Michael Reed, who uh, we know through um, Mastermind as well, but he just does a lot of great execution on leg definition, works with a lot of females. And I just got rapport with him, instant rapport again. So um, we did some sessions together and that's, then I just started doing legs three times a week and I absolutely love it. Yeah, it's it's funny. It's because when we we only don't like something when we don't think we're good at it or it's not giving us the results. But obviously, it takes time to change your definition. And um, yeah. certainly, one that I'm still working on on my legs. <laughs> you get there, you get there. Yeah, eventually. Um, right. It's been such a pleasure to have you on, Natalie. Really, really, I I could talk to you for hours, um, but I'm mindful of your time. So, um, really grateful that you came on. Can you just tell people where they can find you on social media, et cetera, um, if they want to reach out for coaching? Yeah, so I'm um, nassypots.co.uk um, or I'm Miss Nassie Potts on Instagram. Um, and I've got Nassie Potts Coaching for a Facebook group. Um, so those are my main kind of portals or platforms. Um, so yeah, reach out. But thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I've really, really enjoyed it. It's a... Been, been great to talk about lots of things and how they interlink so i appreciate your time also natasha no thank you very much natalie and i'm sure we will we'll have to do a a, a podcast episode another episode yeah. uh, further down the line because i'm sure there's so much we could drill down on on a lot of the things we spoke about today and obviously we'll both be further along in our own journeys absolutely <laughs> on that note thank you very much natalie